This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. Welcome into The Drive with A.D. and Raph. Former Husker football national champion, speaker, and author, Aaron Davis. Nebraska will win the national championship. The Cornhuskers beat Miami. It is history, 13-0, and bring that trophy back to Lincoln. Former Arena Football League quarterback, former head coach of the Capital City Crush and guru of Husker football history, Chris Rath. 25 straight wins for the Cornhuskers. One of the most dominating stretches college football history we may have seen one of the best teams in the history of college football tonight brought to you by sand hills global on 93 the ticket and the ticket all right everybody we're back again it's the drive we are live on 93.7 the ticket we're gonna hit this victory monday about as hard as Anthony yeah. Grant hit that defensive back on Friday do, night. Do, do we have do we have a report on if that guy's still alive? I mean, are we all, are we all good? Because I mean that that man got sent into oblivion. Oh man, that was that was hammer time at its finest. It was a welcome sight. Yes, it was. That's that that's that physical physical demeanor that we're looking for. Yeah, honestly. I mean, yeah, and I, it was it was a pretty good game overall. I mean, think about it, and I, I dissected it quite a bit on the on the post game show. But they figured out a way, Raph. They they yeah. just figured out a way, and that's something that we can we have not been able to say over the last four years yep. is that they found a way and and use it in a, in a, and put a positive spin on it, as in they found a way to win. Yeah, and you know it's crazy is the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching and in past years if the opposing team goes down drives down and scores a touchdown and they had a couple chunk plays on that first drive they had the the, the long pass and, I, and it was, I think Vedro had his run on that drive yeah. too and in the past you'd say to yourself oh boy this is going to be a long night because they gashed us early yeah and usually that roof caves in and it just continues on Nebraska they tightened up they played Good defense in the first half, like almost like bend but don't break. They gave up it was three three field goals, so it was mm-hmm. thirteen thirteen to nothing at halftime. But I felt like going into halftime, I was like, Nebraska still got still got a shot at this, yeah, because they probably in the past years twenty seven nothing, twenty eight nothing, thirty one nothing at halftime. Well, Raf, I'll ask you this: Your honest thought. I mean, honestly, did after the first drive, I sat there and I was like, "Oh boy." Yeah. I mean, here's the thing: I knew coming in that Rutgers' defense was 18th in the country, um, and that they were they were pretty strong up front, and Nebraska was going to need to run the ball to win this game, right? And so, I was worried after I saw the way that Vedral was moving the offense, the Rutgers' offense, and how how 
they scored with ease in the first yep. drive of the game. Just from past experiences, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, you're thinking to yourself, oh, yeah. here we go again. Yeah, and then guess what? The defense stood strong, right? Yeah. And, and like you said, kind of that bend, don't break. And the second straight week that they put a game away or, or allowed their offense to put a game away. Because in allowing your offense to put a game away, it takes two things. Obviously, your offense needs to pick up the pace and, and needs to score points. But also, your defense has to play strong. And sh- a shutout, you can't get much better than that. Yeah. So Because I kept on saying, saying, saying in the first half, I was like, 13 nothing. this is fine. Nebraska, they get a, they get a touchdown. They're right in this game. They're right where they need to be at. I would have preferred for them to score maybe a touchdown in the first half. Maybe showed showed a little bit on offense the first half. It was pretty lethargic that first half. But yeah, but they they kept it there. They kept it within striking distance. Thirteen nothing going into halftime is a heck of a lot better than twenty seven nothing, thirty one to nothing. So, well, I was curious to see how the offense was going to react because, like they they could not get anything going. Casey Thompson. Kudos to him for for still wanting to play quarterback after that game because like here's the thing is the offensive line is is a big issue right now, Raph. Um, yes, it, like Anthony Grant's a guy where we've talked about him. He was go, he went into the game averaging 120 yards. I'm not sure how many he had on Saturday, uh, but he he was going into the game averaging 120 yards per game, yep. and it was one of those things where he was averaging that many. Yes, the offensive line helped him out sometimes, but a lot of it was he was making the first guy miss and just yards after contact, right? Yep. And so when you when you look at, at Nebraska's just offense all in general, I, I am wondering what it would look like with a above average, a slightly above average offensive line. Like I'm wondering oh. how much more it would move, how much more it would move with ease. Yeah. If it had a slightly above average offensive line, because. Casey Thompson's basically running for his life back there. And you have, I mean, Anthony Grant, who, like I said, throughout North Dakota and throughout, I mean, that in, in the North Dakota game, in that first first quarter and a half, North Dakota was beating you up front. Yep. And Anthony Grant still figured out a way to impact the game yep. with his legs and with his agility. And same thing through pretty much every single Husker game this season. It's Ooh. been Casey Thompson evading the, the unnecessary pressure and – Anthony Grant um, trying to yeah. make something happen that that's magical, I guess. Well, we were talking about this, too, um, the other night. Is there a running back in the country that you would take over Anthony Grant? Oh, over him? I don't know. I, I would also I, – I would say, I mean, like, Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State's pretty electric. Um, I, I don't know if I would take him over him, though. Like, I would say they're, See, that, they're, they're, they're pretty – Interchangeable, the, yeah. I that, that's like, but I mean, that is the specialness that, that yeah. he, he's brought to Nebraska at, at, at running back. I mean, you look at like I always draw back to Will Compton. He was taught he he puts up his videos. Yeah. Some of them are a little harsh. You probably don't want your your little kids to be watching with you when you watch them. But he, like he says, he goes he goes let's you know call a spade a spade. Our offensive line is a little rough around the edges, mm-hmm. and that what. And what Anthony Grant has done this year, running behind that, I mean that it's pretty amazing. It's it's amazing. I, I think like like I said, so a couple of the guys that I would say that are on the same playing field, just so Husker fans can get like kind of a comparison. Um, 
Braylon Allen, the the potential for Braylon Allen, I think would be comparison in comparison. Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State, Blake Corum from Michigan. Um, I mean, you could throw in Chase Brown against or yep. for Illinois. That's I, what Kenton Lincoln okay. said. Chase so, Brown. Yeah, so Chase Chase Brown's interesting because he's a guy who's had a couple close to two hundred yard games. Illinois, I, I don't know what to think of them. They go out and score thirty four against Wisconsin's defense on the road, and then at home they can only put up nine against Iowa. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. Let's go ahead and head to the phone lines. We bring in Aaron Davis. Uh, Ad, what's up? Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real quick from you guys, but I was listening. I'm real quick. I'm gonna say a few things. All those running backs you guys mentioned. First of all, good morning, Nebraska uh, Nebraska fans and Husker fans. Just listeners, glad you guys tuned in this magnificent Monday morning. I'm going to say this. First of all, it's obviously a lot better to be around the country when Nebraska wins, regardless of who we beat. But I will also say this, man: if you, if you, all those running backs you have, if Grant has those type of lines, can you imagine how much more Grant will be doing. Exactly. It's why we've got a lot of work to do on our old line. But he just had some tough duckled out yards on uh, Friday night, which we needed at a very bad time. But um, I'm going to try to call back in after this presentation. I am in Columbus, Ohio, surrounded by Ohio State fans, and they're letting me hear it quite a bit. There's about six, there's 650 people from a bank at the Columbus Zoo. Isn't that a different place to have a presentation at? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was walking by, you know, I was walking by these little dolphins. I mean, not, I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't even know what they were, man. But they gave me the brother nod. I was like, what's up? They was like, what's up? You know, I just kept walking. They kept walking. You know, it was kind of a cool thing, man. Yeah. Hey, AD, before, hey, you, before you go, in a, uh-huh. in, a, in a few sentences, how do you feel about your uh-huh. Steelers? Oh, yeah. You know what? It's, it's going to take more than a few sentences. It's going to take a few years. Okay. Um, we, we are terrible. <laughs> we are terrible. And you know what? Here's one thing that was interesting, you know, at Mike Thomas' press conference. He said, he goes, everything and anything is up for changes right now. Because that was the worst loss under Mike Tomlin, man. That was, the, I mean, that was the first time they've been down that many points since 1990. But the reality is this, man: we're not a very good football team right now. That's the bottom line as far as Pittsburgh. There is, they might be lucky to win three more the way they played yesterday. And I mean, that's real talk because that schedule doesn't get easier. And Buffalo, called, Buffalo could have hung 60 on Pittsburgh yesterday. Yeah, they let up. You know, I know my boy Travis and Lincoln is with me, but, man, we're, we're a bad football team right now. So, look, i got to get mic'd up. Um, oh, there he goes. Wish me luck, and I will try to reach you guys afterwards, man. Hey, hey good luck, AD. Showtime. We'll see you later. You Appreciate it. All right, there's AD. You know, I'll tell you what, though, about, about AD and his Steelers. It was a rough game yesterday. It was a very rough game. But even speaking with him and speaking, I spoke to another big Steelers fan here in Lincoln yesterday. I think they found a quarterback. Okay. I think they found a quarterback. Pickett has got that certain moxie about him, mm-hmm. and I don't think I don't think the moment or anything was too big for him yesterday, and I, I thought he played well. The problem was is he was just going up against Buzzsaw. I mean, yeah. Josh Allen is just – That's a, a suffocating type of offense. He's a different animal. <laughs> because, like, here's the thing is, so Buffalo, they, they had – there was a couple iffy special teams plays right off the, right off the jump. I mean, what was it – Buffalo, they they were up seven to seven to zero. Pittsburgh was down seven three, or because they kicked a field yeah. goal first. Then they muffed a punt or whatever it was, and Buffalo got it back. Like you just can't do that against them because the offense is suffocating. And it's like yep. as soon as they smell blood in the water, they're they're like a bunch of sharks. Like they're just out. Yep. They're just out for blood. So and he's and and Josh Allen, 
Like you were watch, did you did you watch a lot of that game yesterday? Yeah, I, I watched pretty much. So it was a super it was super windy there, so that the kicks were like blowing sideways and yeah, it was pretty wild. Because Tyler Bass got a, his first field goal blocked. Yeah, and you see how windy you see how windy that game was, mm-hmm. and then you go and watch Josh Allen throw footballs. He has got a cannon for an arm. Well, cannon, and he's able to finesse and, and kind of yeah. navigate that ball through the wind, which is really impressive, um, because, especially on that 98-yard bomb that gave Davis the first oh. one. I mean, it, it was just unreal that it was it was a crazy throw to begin with, first of all, yeah. um, because you, you, everything, like the, the real estate is just a lot more squished, and right, it's, it's a lot smaller around, amount of real estate when you're in the end zone. But the idea that he threw that ball into the wind, yeah, and it was perfect, was not yeah. That wind, that wind doesn't disappear like, when they're like, on offense. Here's the thing: if it, if it was underthrown, it'd be like he, Gabe Davis might have had to come back and like I mean, you you know, like the Tyreek Hill come back on the uh, on the deep ball with from Patrick Mahomes, yeah. like in the Super Bowl, he Tyreek Hill had to come back because it was just too far. That was not the case yesterday. No. Like Josh Allen launched that one down the field and. They and Gabe Davis hit, was hit in stride, like it was yeah. perfect. He's got, without a doubt, the strongest arm in the NFL right now, without yeah. a doubt. So, Patrick Mahomes fans, Justin Herbert fans, all you people out there, Josh Allen is number one. But I know the Chiefs fans are going to blow me up right now because we got a big game coming up next week. Well, you got a big game. I mean, the Chiefs have a have a decent game tonight against the Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. The Raiders come to Arrowhead, so so that's, hopefully that's they're not they're one. not looking ahead till next week because that, that game next week is going to be crazy. Yeah. That, Without a doubt, probably the two top quarterbacks in the NFL going at it again. I definitely want to get to the whole Tom Brady situation, but let's pick back up oh, in Nebraska. Nebraska. Let's pick back Over up in Nebraska. So, Anthony Grant, we get BJ Arroyo on the, te- on the, on the Sarder Hammond Jewelers video stream, says Grant is basically a mere 2.0 with the line. Um, and that's, that's interesting. I, I think Grant is a little more, I mean, has better size than Amir Abdullah, but in terms of, yeah. of tenacity and physicality, I, I think that's definitely applicable. I, I would definitely make that comparison. They both, I think, I think Amir might've had a little bit more top end speed mm-hmm. than, than Anthony Grant has, but I would probably say shiftiness. Definitely. The comparisons are a lot alike. That's for sure. So Casey Thompson was only sacked one time on Saturday, yep. and that that number shocked me when I looked that up <laughs> in the post game because I mean he was getting hit from left and right. Well, he only got he only got hit seventeen times. Goodness, like <laughs> that's the thing is where there there was one of those situations. I think it was Corcoran, um, Turner Corcoran. There was a guy that just completely went right by Turner Corcoran. I mean, he put up his he put his hands up and tried to like move back and backpedal and the guy just completely beat him i mean he just yeah it wasn't even close and then like turner corcoran turns around and tries to hold casey thompson up and then turner falls to the ground and casey's on the ground (laughs) it was just one of those things where i'm just like this is kind of not i don't want to say hopeless but this is really bad like you didn't even give him two seconds in the pocket yeah well i there's a couple things i saw so like James and Lincoln, he texted in. He goes, do you think the issue with the line is technique, talent, confusion, or something else? I think there's two things. I think, I think one, there, there probably is some confusion. Sometimes, like, you have different, like, different line protections that you, that you can run in the passing game. And I think sometimes we might be getting too, too intricate with our protections, and then that causes guys running free. 
Um, I also think that maybe the nastiness could be turned up a level or level or two when these guys are running free. Sometimes I think to myself, do we want to keep our quarterback alive mm-hmm. or do we want him to get annihilated? So I'm saying if your guy gets by you, if you've got to grab him and pull him to the ground and take the holding call, yeah, take it, you know, get a little nasty out there. It's, I don't know. So, like, there we're getting a lot of questions on this. Dusty first asks, "What year is Grant? Grant's a, a junior, junior, so de- as long as he doesn't have as big of a breakout season this year and gets NFL looks, he should be back next year." Um, we're getting a lot of thoughts on on like Donovan Riola and how he should be fired, and and Randy asks QB and center should have to do five hundred plus under center snaps this week. Uh, Zach asked, why is the offensive line so bad, though? Clearly they have the size, and I thought that they had the talent. So why are they so bad? I, I think here here's one thing I will say. I, I think losing Nuri at the beginning of the year, that, that was a massive loss um, because I think that was your best offensive lineman. Um, and, and you're losing a guy at the interior spot. Why? I also would say this, that... Ooh... I think it's lack of competitiveness, not not in the game, but in practice. Because if you look at the way and the bodies that are in the offensive line room, I don't want I don't want to call people out, but there's no way that some of these guys that are still on the line should still be playing. It, it, because here's the deal: yeah. if you've paid attention to that offensive line room and you've either addressed it through the transfer portal or through recruiting, you wouldn't have you, you would be able to have depth to try to throw somebody else in there. And and also paired in with this is the same conversation as always the development aspect of it. But I mean, let's be real. We're sitting here and saying these are our best five options. Yeah. That's that's what the that's how I look at things. When when the people that this coaching staff puts on the field, they're saying that these are the best people that get these are the these are the best opportunity that these are the guys that give Nebraska the best opportunity to have a chance to win. And line and, and the line the offensive line at the end of the day, for the most part, it's about attitude. Like we were, t- it is. We yeah. talk about running the football. It's an attitude. If you want to run the football, it's an attitude. You got to be. You line up against the the guy in front of you. Yeah. For the most part, offensive line. Yeah, there are different schemes and stuff like that. You got some polling that going that goes on. You got some linebackers that blitz, but at the end of the day, most of the time, that guy in front of you is the guy that you got to beat. Yeah. So you got to have that attitude, and that's what I, Nebraska, the offensive line, to me, sometimes does not have that attitude. Like these guys that are lining up right in front and going right by our offensive linemen and not even getting a hand on them. Yeah. That's an attitude. It I, is. It is. You're, you're right, Raph. Um, and Burden Columbus says this, Raiola deserves some blame, but not all of it. And I, I'm right there with you. Like, he, this is, the, this is the group he inherited. However, I mean, like, they, they missed out on a five-star offensive lineman that, that committed to LSU eventually um, from Louisiana. They missed out on that guy. Like, recruiting there's there's ways that Nebraska could at least show that they're trending in the right direction and it is through paying attention to the offensive line throughout the transfer portal or through high school recruiting basically and and in years past now I understand that there's a different head coach in town right now but in years past it's been skill players skill players skill players quarterback that's that's been what it, that's what the transfer portal has been yep. and although Hunter Anthony obviously Kevin Williams Jr as well 
Um, I, I'm talking strictly on the offensive side of the ball. Because defense, obviously, you get Stephon Wynn and Devin Drew yeah. to help out your, your defensive line. But, I mean, I, I don't want to blame Donovan Raiola for the entire thing. Yep. But there is you're absolutely right. Is There is probably um, a lot of the blame can, blame can be put on Donovan Raiola. And you could also argue that Nebraska is a very pass-heavy team. And Donovan Raiola comes from a place in Wisconsin and Chicago where they run the ball a lot. And there there's two there are differences in run blocking and pass blocking. Yep. And if you I mean, Nebraska's run blocking hasn't been as bad as the pass blocking. So I mean that that part does I mean provide some clarity there to where maybe Donovan Raiola just needs to figure out how to coach pass blocking better. And and if that's the case, then that's honestly and I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I want to be very careful and delicate how I say this. That might be a problem when you look back on this hire and say you hired Mark Whipple, who was more of a pass-heavy guy, yep. but you hired an offensive line coach that was more of a run-blocking yeah. guy. And that's that's indicative of kind of how the last four years have gone, where there's just been giant disconnects and a lack of communication on what you want your offensive identity yeah. to be. And it. It still, to me, it just impresses the heck out of me with Casey Thompson that the warrior he is. Because in the first half there, it kind of looked like he was getting a little bit of happy feet, and he was sort of, sort of swaying a little bit. Yeah, you know, getting out of the pocket that was putting our line in bad, in a bad position because he was kind of not rolling, but sort of stepping out to where to where the um, defensive ends were coming were rushing from. But just that he he stands in there like the hits that he is. Like that one hit he took where he was injured on, I was like, "Yeah, no, I, I thought well, I so was we, like, we knew that's going to do it." Well, we had known that he had been dealing with an AC joint problem and yeah. soreness throughout a, a lot of the um, through through some of these these weeks here. Yeah. And when he lands on his shoulder, I thought, "Man, it's it's that." There you go. Yeah. And like, it's like, like Purdy, get ready. I have people t- and, text me through the game, ask him like, "I just don't think his arm strength's there." <laughs> well, no, it's it's not there right now no, because no. he's took so many hits. You know, he's he's you know, doing all he can. I just think it's one of those things where, like, Sanderson says this. I agree, Nick, but you can't blame this on losing one guy. He's talking about Nuri. Nuri, yeah. Um, it's just a talent thing. Poor recruiting with no emphasis on the line. More worried about receivers and quarterbacks. And I agree with that, Sanderson. I would like You're right. And that's kind of what I was trying to get at to a certain extent where, like, who's behind Ben Hart pushing him every single day? Yep. Who's behind Turner Corcoran pushing him every single day? Yep. Like, Teddy Prohaska's injured now, and – like, it, where are we at with depth on the offensive line? Are these guys there? We know they're getting pushed out by the coaches. Like, here's the thing is I, I will also say this. Donovan Riola pushes those guys every day. I, I've seen it firsthand. Yep. I've seen it firsthand. Yep. So I, I that's where I'm, I'm hesitant to give to put a lot of the blame on Donovan Riola in this first year. But I mean, Bryce Benhart and Turner Corcoran were high four-star recruits, and they were big gets for Nebraska at the time. Yep. But left tackle is your most important position on on the offensive line when you have a right-handed quarterback, since it protects their bla- their their blind side. And holy smokes! <laughs> I mean, when when you see like you could put together a, a montage right now of all these oh. all these sacks and all these guys getting to the quarterback within a few seconds, and, and it gives Casey zero time, and it's just like. It's there's got to be times too when when they watch film as a team, where they've just got to they've just got to look back at Casey and just apologize. Yeah, because it's it it is 
if it's so blatant when you watch it on television, can you only imagine what it looks like from the in, from the end zone camera? Oh man, it's but yeah, it's it's amazing. But the thing is, is they've still got. I mean, are we even are we at halfway through the season point right now? We're no. halfway through. Uh, where we are, three. we are six games through. So yeah, okay, we're, so we're halfway. halfway through. So yeah. you still got, you still got half the season that you come out, develop that attitude. You know, you attitude, running the ball, attitude, blocking, attitude. I just wonder, I, like, I would like to see or hear about if guys are are testing them for a number one job. Like, and that's nothing against this coaching staff yeah. right now, to where they say they don't want them to test for a number one job or be pushed for the number yeah. one job because we know how this this staff especially mickey joseph operates into hey every position's open every week and, and you're the best guy's going to yeah. get to play but depth wise where does it where's it at right now with the offensive line because like, I, I, it, it's just not there like i i could sit there and be like yeah i can name the guys but i mean let's be real like yeah. bryce benhart as a four-star recruit who's not been developed and not really gotten better might be better than a walk-on. like, yeah. and, and it probably is. But well, sometimes holy I, smokes, that just speaks to the lack of, of attention that the previous staff or previous guys in the room have, have paid attention to yeah. developing that line. And sometimes I try, I try to watch I try to watch as a Nebraska fan, but I also try to watch just if I'm watching from the outside looking in. Yeah. So I see this and I say to myself sometimes, oh, put, put another guy in. Put the, put the number two guy in. But then I think to myself, okay, Maybe they're trying to gel. The, they're trying to find some sort of gel because sometimes if you take alignment out and put, you, you take away that cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. Something maybe they're trying to develop that cohesiveness and trying to gel that offensive and line, maybe. and yeah. that's why they're being so resistant not to make a switch. Because I know that, for instance, if you got one offensive lineman that you know practices better and you you stick with him, like with, I go back to Adrian Martinez. Hate to do it, but he's doing great, so I'll bring him up. But there were times last year where I'd, I'd say to myself, I'm like, yeah, maybe Logan Smothers isn't as good as Adrian. Maybe doesn't practice as good as Adrian yeah. or whatever. But just put him in there just for a switch, just just to well, see what happens. Maybe watch a possession or two and then you know bring him out. What, with offensive line, I see the same thing sometimes. Maybe that number two offensive lineman is not as good as the one that's in there. But – Put him in the game. Put him in a game situation. You know, see see what happens. Well, number I'll say number one. Sometimes we and we know this, Raf. Some dudes are just sometimes gamers. Like they don't exactly. practice well, but they're gamers. Yep. Number two, that can also and this is kind of my point. It can push that number, that previous number one guy. Yep. It can be like, oh crap, you know, listen, man, I, I gotta get going. I gotta I gotta fix it. Like, yep. I gotta figure it out. Because um, they're all they're they're all. I mean, they're all playing at the University of Nebraska, so they must have shown something. You know. In high school, whatever yeah. they got him to the unit, got him to a Division One program. I'll, I'll be ready for the day, and, and we can continue this conversation on the other side. But I'll be ready for the day that Nebraska does not need a back element <laughs> to their offense because they need it bad. Yeah. They need it bad. Like Casey Thompson does not move a whole lot, um, especially in terms of like or, or compared to like Adrian Martinez or Logan Smothers. Yep. But holy smokes, I mean, they're they're sitting ducks right now. And and we saw last year how much Nebraska and Adrian Martinez had to escape the pocket. And here's the thing, guys: hindsight's twenty twenty. And I'm sitting here now, six games into the season, going, "We always thought that it was Adrian 
and how Adrian just wasn't staying in the pocket yeah. long enough. Yep. But now we know that there was no pocket. And he had to get out. Like, he had to get out. But and we, it's just kind of crazy to think. But, uh, but you draw back to the old Rocky Four. He's battered. He's bruised. Yep. But he's still standing in Nebraska's first place in the Big Ten West. All right. We'll throw it to break right now. This is The Drive on 93.7 The Ticket. the 30 second stereo radio for trade school in the home depot spot code yhtfd 0 rga 0 spot title project planning homeowner 101 so you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own let's make a plan take a free workshop from the home depot and get live help from our expert associates whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom we'll provide everything you need to get started You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops.